You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 191 of Canadians Connection, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing uh, tremendous. Um, and and I think that uh, Planet Habs, all of our Montreal Canadiens community out there, is feeling pretty darn good as well. What a week. What a week um, for our Canadiens community, for our uh, Canadiens fans. Um, just uh, especially after such a difficult season, what a, a wonderful week to be a Montreal Canadiens fan. Yeah, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, finally. it's uh, It was a dark ride uh, this past season, especially coming out of a very exciting playoff run. But uh, wow, yeah, we're hitting just like two complete opposite ends here, a complete <laughs> 180 for this team in, I guess, less than 365 days. Well, and and yeah, after coming off the high of a Stanley Cup final, the low of of a last place finish, uh, and then now this is not to say that uh, next season is going to be easy. Um, probably not, but um, the pain of this past season was worth it, and uh, we're gonna, we'll get to we'll be talking a lot about what happened this week. Uh, but uh, yeah, as you said, kind of a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and uh, the the transformation of the Montreal Canadiens roster has uh, has begun in earnest. Yeah, and uh, we'll certainly get to that. But before uh, we give away all the big news, I'll uh, give everyone here just a brief rundown of what we have on the show today. So here in segment one, uh, we'll start things off with the headlines for this past week. We also have some roster updates. We have the Habs prospect report. We'll get you up to date with the Laval Rocket and all the other Montreal Canadiens prospects. Then we have uh, quite a bit of audio to go through, uh, including some uh, sound bits from Kent Hughes. And to finish off segment one, uh, we'll have some more NHL just hockey news. And then in segment two, 
Amy's going to take over the host seat. And uh, there's going to be a discussion called Surveying Draft Options with very special guest uh, Jerome Berube, Director of Scouting for Hockey Prospects. So he'll come in to talk about the upcoming draft. And that will bring us to segment three, where we'll update you uh, on all the content available at allhabs.net. We have our question of the week. Who should Montreal draft first overall? And uh, we want to hear from you. And that will uh, finish off the show. We'll get you uh, all set up for the upcoming week in Habsland. And uh, Rick, what as a you busy know, show. Yeah, very busy show. And uh, as you know, uh, people love to interact with us. Uh, we want to hear from people. Uh, what's the best way to do that? Reach out. We've got lots of different ways. Uh, reach out to us on uh, social media, whether that be Twitter, uh, whether that be uh, on uh, Facebook, whether that be on Instagram. Uh, you can also send us an email, as many do, as many did this week, info at allhabs.net. And we have a 24-hour Rocket Sports text line. Uh, you text us at 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Awesome. And please make sure you follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's the best way to keep up to date with all of the Canadians Connection content. So let's start things off uh, with our week in review. All the memorable moments for the Montreal Canadiens this past week. Please make sure you check out all our comprehensive coverage at allhabs.net. So there was uh, one major story that appeared this past week. The first overall selection in the 2022 NHL draft belongs to the Montreal Canadiens. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Um, Still get chills when I hear that. Same. I was about to say I got some goosebumps on my forearms right now. (laughs) Wow. What uh, an absolutely historic night. Uh, On uh, Tuesday, it was a draft lottery and Montreal secures the first overall pick for the 2022 NHL entry draft. Uh, the, this is the first time that Montreal's had the first overall pick since 1980 when they selected Doug Wickenheiser of uh, the Regina Pats. And uh, the team has made five previous first overall picks in franchise history. And you have to go back to 1985 when um, the, the team having the uh, first overall pick selected at home. The draft being in Montreal on July the 7th and 8th. And uh, back then it was the Leafs choosing Wendell Clark. And uh, let's hope that the Canadians have the same kind of of, of, uh, luck uh, when they picked their first overall pick. Um, Just just to review, um, this this wasn't um, wasn't a a done deal, even though the Canadians had picked uh, first. Uh, As we talked about last week, Canadians with 18.5 percent chance of winning the draft lottery and a 25% chance of getting the um, first round pick, um, or the first overall pick. Um, and, uh, you know, as it was coming down, uh, you know, counting down all of the, the 16 non-playoff teams, things were kind of going as they should go. Things were kind of going, um, you know, there was Islanders at 13 and the Anaheim Ducks at 10, and, and that's that's how the the... Uh, places were ordered. Um, and then uh, we got to the New Jersey um, Devils, who ha- had the fifth best chance of, um, of, of winning the lottery. And uh, Bill Daly announced Philadelphia. And so we, know, we knew at that point that the Devils were moving up. Um, and I just got a 
bit of a lump in my throat because I did one and only simulation. I talked about this um, on uh, um, with our, our Slack group. Um, I did one and only sim- simulation, and in that simulation on Tankathon, that uh, my mind showed that the New Jersey Devils won the the, uh, uh, the draft lottery. So I wasn't feeling very good at that point. Yep, and uh, I'll I'll give everybody just a little review here of the top five. So at uh, five, it's the Flyers. At four, it was the Kraken. Three, the Coyotes. And moving up five spots into number two, it was the New Jersey Devils, which uh, left uh, Montreal with the first overall pick. Uh, New Jersey seems to just have the best draft luck ever. They always seem to move up, and honestly... Uh, my heart nearly skipped a beat. <laughs> Tom Fitzgerald looked uh, a little smirk on his face uh, for the Devils GM. Um, it was um, contrasting to Lou Lamorello that had, you know, looked like a, a Madame Tussauds wax sculpture. Um, it was it was quite a night, but uh, the Canadians fans just you saw them celebrating on on Twitter. Um, and it was uh, a real uh, special event. Absolutely. So make sure you check out all our Habs headlines. There's much more available at allhabs.net. The Habs notepad and headlines will appear regularly. And now it's uh, time for our roster news. We had uh, some injury updates and more. So members of the Montreal Canadiens organization are uh, representing their countries at the IIHF World Championship in Finland. I think uh, first off, goaltending prospect uh, Frederick Dekau is going to play for Team Denmark. He also made an appearance for Team Denmark at the Olympics. Uh, so what do you think about uh, Dekau making an appearance in another championship? He's a big goaltender. Uh, we talked about him last week, uh, signing uh, a contract and um, he, yeah, he didn't play in there. Uh, the opening game for Denmark, Denmark uh, won that game nine to one against Kazakhstan. Uh, he didn't play, but uh, hopefully we'll see him. He had a great season and uh, hopefully we'll see him um, uh, sometime during this, this tournament. And uh, Joel Armia gets a little break from his uh, brand new uh, newborn baby uh, joining Team Finland. <laughs> he uh, he joined he uh, played against Norway uh, the other night and registered a goal in an assist. So it's a really good uh, tournament so far for Joel Armia. It was a five nothing win uh, Finland over Norway, and and as you said, a very good start for uh, Armia. And then Josh Anderson is playing for Team Canada. Uh, he actually got to join the leadership group. He's going to wear an A and. Uh, as a guy wearing an A, he registered an A in the only game that Canada's played so far. He's got one assist. 5-3 win for Canada over Germany. As you say, it's a, it's a pretty big uh, leadership group. In addition to Josh Anderson, uh, there's uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Adam Lowry from Winnipeg. There's uh, Damon Severinsen from uh, the Devils. Um, and uh, your friend, Thomas Chabot uh, from the Senators, is the captain of that crew. Yep. Uh, uh, well, I mean, if I can insert a little bit about Thomas Shabbat here, he's somebody that I think was expected to play for Team Canada at the Olympics. So good on him uh, for getting in there. And it's nice to see uh, so many NHL players have a chance to play at this tournament for Team Canada, especially after we missed the Olympics this, or while well, the NHL missed the Olympics this past season. That's right. 
And as we reported on last week's show, Sean Farrell and Jordan Harris are uh, playing with the, the United States. Uh, Harris was not in the lineup for uh, the game against Latvia. You say is a four to one win, but uh, our good friend Alex Galchenyuk did p- pick up an assist. He did, uh, and uh, Sean Farrell was in that game, but no points for him in their opening uh, contest. So an update on another goaltender, uh, Sam Montembeau. He underwent surgery, his right uh, wrist uh, this past Friday, May the 6th. And according to Kent Hughes, he should be fully healed by training camp. That's right. Um, he was playing through that wrist injury and... and uh, um, uh, it's it obviously bothered him, um, and um, that was successful. So we saw his mom, his mom on her Instagram, uh, posting a picture of uh, of Sam, and he looked pretty good in that. And a little bit of a change, uh, I guess, to the Montreal's uh, front office. Uh, the Canadians have appointed Christopher Boucher as director of hockey analytics. Boucher spent the last two seasons as a pro scout in San Jose. Uh, I guess, what's your thought on this hiring? And uh, do you think this uh, bolsters their analytics department? Well, yeah, as as we know, the, the Canadians under Mark Bergevin, the, the Canadians analytic uh, department was almost not a, non-existent. Uh, they, they hired consultants from time to time. Um, it, it, uh, there was a commitment made by both Jeff Gorton and Kent Hughes uh, to have a proper uh, analytics department. Uh, Chris Boucher, I, I, I feel like I know him anyways, at least I know him through... Um, uh, social media. Uh, we follow each other on on Twitter since 2009, and Chris was one of those guys um, who wasn't the one of the obnoxious um, um, analytics guys. You know, analytics. Some kind. Sometimes there's a whole um, segment of of the analytics crowd that. Um, you know, it's it, they don't want to put in the time to go to the rink every day um, and and learn the game, so it's kind of their shortcut. And uh, you know, the the tell me what to think kind of gr- crowd uh, use the numbers to tell me what I what my opinion should be. And uh, Chris isn't like that. My uh, one of the pioneers in analytics, Rob Volman, not like that at all. Who I know well. Um, and, and so he, he brought a different kind of approach. Uh, one of the co-founders of Sport Logique, uh, in, in Quebec. Um, and then as, as you said, went on to, um, be a scout and, and, and I think an important, um, an important hire for the Canadians. Uh, but what, what's going to be important is seeing what are the next steps. Uh, they've got to build out a department. It's not going to be just Chris, Christopher Boucher. Uh, they're going to need some um, some analysts and da- data engineers and so on uh, in that to to, to really uh, help on uh, help uh, the the senior management uh, use the information. And again, it's just a tool. It's a it's a it's to be used alongside the you know the eyeballs, the scouts um, to to make decisions. Um, so a good first step, great first step by the Canadians. Yeah, uh, obviously in a rebuild, you want to rebuild your player roster, but also you're going to want to uh, do a lot for your front office to make sure that you're making all the correct hockey decisions. So I'm all for bringing in uh, another voice into that analytics department. For sure. So uh, I guess another a little bit uh, here for a Montreal Canadian forward. Mike Hoffman is hosting a fundraising gala in Cambridge, Ontario. 
Proceeds will go towards purchasing MRI machines for hospitals in the Waterloo region. So the Hoffman Gala will be held on Thursday, June 16th at Tapestry Hall. This is a black tie affair. This is uh, this is a little fancy. Um, and uh, But what a great initiative by Mike Hoffman, who has done uh, a fair bit of community work, but done it kind of quietly. Um, he's happy now that he's able to, to uh, do this back in Canada. Um, uh, going to be held in Cambridge for the Kitchener-Waterloo, Cambridge area. Uh, it's going to go to the MRIs. The proceeds uh, are going to go to uh, St. Mary's Hospital, the Grand River Hospital. I, I went to school in Waterloo, so I know the area. My, I've got uh, family there. Um, my uh, brother and sister-in-law are both in the healthcare field. So personally, um, I, I think this is uh, this is. Wonderful, but also uh, in general for the community. And, and uh, hockey players do an awful lot uh, for the community that sometimes doesn't get mentioned. It doesn't mean you have to have your name on a wall or an atrium. Um, there are some great work. There is great work being done uh, by uh, players. Uh, and, and Mike Hoffman, listen, Mike Hoffman didn't have a, a great season. Uh, that's, that's, that's well known. But um, he's spending the offseason uh, at least partly raising money for uh, the community. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah, that's very well put. It's always nice to see when uh, people use their status as, I guess, an athlete or whatever to help and uh, raise money for a great cause like this. So uh, I guess big thanks from Mike Hoffman. And uh, hopefully uh, that whole event goes very well. And uh, we purchase some MRI machines for uh, the Waterloo region. Mm-hmm. So now it's uh, time for our Habs prospect report. I'm just gonna I'm gonna just take oh. a um, um, our 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 weekly Sean Burke watch. Uh, is he still on the website as the director of goaltending? Refer back to last last uh, podcast if you missed it. Yes, I can tell you right now, uh, Sean Burke is still the director of goaltending uh, with the Montreal Canadiens, although Kent Hughes uh, doesn't seem to acknowledge that. All right, as you said, time for our prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Thank you, Amy. So Gianni Fairbrother began practicing with the Laval Rocket. He's only gotten into 25 games this season, and he's yet to make a playoff appearance. Uh, it's not confirmed yet whether or not he'll be able to play. Yeah, the the timeline was supposed to, his uh, recovery was supposed to be towards the end of May. Uh, so um, skating with the team non-contact um, it might take him a while to um, get back into the lineup. And we, we know that um, the last couple of games, uh, Laval has been dressing seven defensemen already, Matthias Norlander being uh, the extra defenseman. Uh, so it might be tough for him to get in, but when he, he does get in, he's going to add a completely different uh, presence to that, a very physical presence uh, to that Laval rocket blue line. Yep, and the the Laval Rocket are currently in uh, the North Division semifinals in a best of five against Syracuse. Uh, coming into this week, they were down one nothing in the series. Uh, Kevin Poulain got the start in the first game, but uh, game two on the the seventh, Laval did get a win, three to two. They tied up the series one apiece. Uh, this time it was Caden Primo getting into the net. Uh, the Crunch led the shots department thirty nine to twenty eight. 
But uh, Alex Belzeal, who uh, scored his third goal of the of the postseason uh, in two games, uh, he's helped uh, Laval get that first win, and uh, it's nice to see them get back into that series. That um, second game, or the uh, second win, um, the Laval Rocket just shut down Syracuse. Um, I have to go back and check, but the Syracuse had 10 shots after 40 minutes, 12 shots after 40 minutes, something around that. Uh, they, they certainly cl- uh, kept the, uh, the shots away from Caden Primo. And, and it's a good thing because Caden Primo um, had been looking a little shaky. Uh, he got that, that win in game two. Uh, he got another win in game three. That's going to help his confidence uh, going into game four uh, Saturday afternoon, the matinee. Uh, but what a great job by uh, by the Laval Rocket in uh, limiting. Uh, you know, there's some potent players, potent offensive players on the other side, and they did a great job. Yep, and that was uh, in reference to Game Three on the 12th. Laval did get a four to one win there. Uh, two goals on the empty net, two power play goals, and uh, Primos looked good so far. I've liked what he's brought to this team. Plas Bell was just uh, crazy, uh, absolutely crazy, as Chris G said. Hadn't seen it like that before. Of course, this is the first, uh, that was the first playoff game in uh, Laval um, and uh, for the franchise. And, and uh, it, they, fans came out, they, they uh, supported the whiteout, all dressed in white. And uh, what a, uh, an amazing atmosphere in that building. And if uh, you happen to be listening on Saturday, May the 14th, and it's uh, 3 or a little bit after 3, you still have time to check out uh, Game 4 of this series. Uh, Laval has a chance to win at home and uh, move on to the next round. And if necessary, on the the 17th, there will be a Game 5. It's a 7 p.m. start in Syracuse. So make sure you check that out and support uh, the local AHL team. Great series so far. So in other prospect news, uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs have swept the Mississauga Steelheads as Canadians prospect Arbor Jackeye scored the overtime winner. Uh, The hometown defenseman uh, scored one minute and 49 seconds into sudden victory overtime on Friday, giving Hamilton the 3-2 win against uh, the Mississauga Steelheads. And that's a four-game sweep to move on to the next round, and they will face the winner of uh, the Kingston Frontenacs and the North Bay Battalion Series. Who plays for the Kingston Frontenacs? I don't know. Shane uh, Wright. <laughs> I think you're right about that. Um, yes, he, indeed he does. So there's a lot of new Canadians' eyes on that uh, Kingston um, North Bay Series. Um, and uh, But but the, the Hamilton Bulldogs uh, um, in the OHL playoffs, what a start. They're 8-0, two four-game sweeps. Uh, they just buzzed through uh, their first uh, two opponents. Arbor Jacki, uh, we remember him uh, from uh, a bit of a surprise uh, from uh, Canadians camp uh, last uh, fall. Um, very physical, very mean, um, but uh, has been good for Hamilton. He was he was traded midseason from uh, Kitchener to uh, to the uh, to the Bulldogs, um, and uh, he w- got a special mention from Kent Hughes saying um, he was looking forward to seeing him at camp this fall. Um, there's another Canadians prospect with the Bulldogs, Jan Mishak. He's injured right now, so not in the lineup, but. 
Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of Canadians prospects doing some good things out there in different leagues that maybe you're used to. So, uh, you might want to pay attention to the Hamilton Bulldogs. And moving back up uh, to the AHL, uh, Joel Bouchard, uh, he coached uh, the San Diego Goals for uh, this past season. Uh, that's Anaheim's AHL affiliate. They finished seventh out of nine teams in their division. Uh, Bouchard was let go, and uh, that was only 10 months after being hired. Hired by uh, GM Bob Murray. Bob Murray left the organization. Uh, Joel Bouchard, uh, his entire coaching staff, that included Maxine Talbot, uh, Daniel Jacob uh, were fired. Um, a 28th place finish for the San Diego Gulls out of a th- in a 31 team league. Uh, not a good showing for Joel Bouchard. He loved the sun out there, but wasn't able to uh, 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 work his magic and and uh, and get the get any success from the San Diego Gulls. Uh, yep, he, he's he's done. We're, we're going to keep an eye on uh, Joel. Bouchard is such a colorful character um, and uh, interesting exits from uh, both uh, Laval and San Diego. We're probably going to be talking about that um, on uh, the Press Zone coming up, uh, the Press Zone podcast coming up uh, this Tuesday. And uh, other news uh, from the Calder Cup playoffs. Goaltender and prospect for the St. Louis Blues, Joel Hoffer, uh, scored a goal. Uh, that's the first time a goalie has scored an AHL goal since Tristan Jari did it in uh, the 2018-19 season. And if you head over to the NHL's Instagram, you can see a highlight of this goal because uh, it's always fun when goalies score. You don't get to see that too often. It was great. Uh, Joel Hoffer, um, that was uh, Springfield, the, the Calder Cup uh, playoff, Springfield versus Wilkesbury scranton uh, that was a 6-2 game on um, Thursday night. Um, and that was the first time we've had in, uh, sorry, that was the second time only in Calder Cup uh, playoff history that there has been a goalie goal. The first was Max Legacy. Who's Max Legacy? He's the starting goaltender for the Syracuse Crunch, who the Laval Rocket are going to be facing this afternoon. Um, so interesting tie-in there. Another tie-in, that was game two of the series. Uh, Springfield now has... Um, 2-0 lead in the best of five Atlantic uh, Division semifinal. Game one, there was a 50-save goalie performance, not by Joel Hofer. It was by our good friend Charlie Lindgren. Oh, nice. Very happy for Charlie. I Absolutely. think a lot of people uh, still like him quite a bit. Uh, good season for him overall, too. He got into some NHL games and got some wins. So wishing him, him some success in uh, these AHL playoffs. For sure. And so make sure you read all the content on AHL.Report. We'll uh, keep you up to date with everything uh, going on in the Laval Rocket playoff series. And check out the Press Zone. What do we have coming up on next week's Press Zone podcast, Rick? Well, as I said, we'll probably be talking uh, a little bit about uh, Joe Bouchard, but the, the Calder Cup playoffs. We'll, we'll talk about uh, the results of um, Laval Rocket. Either they will have closed out their series or we'll be preparing for uh, a game five um, and a look around uh, the AHL as we'll have, uh, I call him the AHL guru, Patrick Williams in studio for another AHL hot stove. Awesome. So now it's uh, quotes of the week. I believe we have some audio coming in from Kent Hughes in regards to uh, our big headline this week, uh, the draft lottery. You know, we're excited. We've got the first overall pick. We think we have the opportunity to draft the player that's going to uh, have an important 
uh, role on the, the future of the Montreal Canadiens and you know when how that's to be determined like like every other year in the draft but uh, we're excited we're excited about the potential in this draft I think he was asked um, uh, uh, well I know he was asked it, it, you know are you disappointed with the quality of this draft um, and which I thought was a strange question. Um, and you know, there's been a lot of talk about maybe there's not a generational type player in this draft. Um, but anytime you get the first pick overall, um, and correctly, as, as Kent Hughes said, um, you know, strength of the draft aside, there's value in it. Uh, and, and, and the Canadians are excited to have, uh, the, uh, first overall pick and see it as a as a huge opportunity for, uh, as I said uh, when we um, at the beginning of the show, the transformation of of this roster. The term generational player is something that I think gets thrown around a little bit too much, and it's almost like there's disappointment when the first overall pick is not being considered a generational type. But the thing is a player who's considered generational is generational because they don't come around that often once in a generation. So (laughs) you're still going to get a very good player, uh, whoever they take first overall. That's right. Absolutely. And, and you know, I don't, I don't like the comparisons uh, that generally that are made. Um, It it puts an awful lot of pressure on uh, that fans get in their head that, uh, Oh, we're getting a, you know, whatever, whatever the, the, the name is. Um, we had Craig Button this week compared, as as many have, Shane Wright to uh, Patrice Bergeron, Cooley to, to Aho, um, Camel to, to Philippe Forsberg. I think that's unfair. And and um, but even you know, I don't think anyone would consider uh, Patrice Bergeron a, uh, a generational player. But he he's been in a very effective player, a very impactful player. Uh, for the Boston Bruins, and uh, as as Kent Hughes said in in his presser, that uh, if the Canadians get um, a player who can have that kind of impact, um, they'll be they'll be thrilled. So, if I were to have uh, one question for Kent Hughes leading into this draft, it's uh, would he consider drafting his son Jack Hughes at the first overall pick? Well, Jack is not going to be our number one overall pick. I can promise you that. <laughs> which fair enough <laughs> that's that's rather definitive he wasn't going to uh, reveal his hand about where they're looking um with the with their uh, f- uh first pick other than the fact that he's not going to select his son uh which which was fun which prompted his son jack uh to uh, quote tweet the tsn uh, uh interview and say big mistake uh, exclamation point big mistake uh, I really enjoyed that quite a bit I had to double check to make sure this wasn't a fake account or anything so kudos for Jack to uh, Jack Hughes on that one and uh, honestly uh, Montreal has a couple first round picks so I don't think you can rule it out but I think it's a bit of a stretch to think that uh, Kent might reach for Jack with the first overall pick there no and and he was asked uh, it's been a while now uh, since uh, um Jack Hughes, or sorry, Kent Hughes was asked about, well, what about your second uh, first-round pick coming from Calgary? What about your uh, first, um, second-round pick? And he said, listen, I'll stay out of that. Uh, whatever the scouts recommend. Uh, and if they they recommend Jack Hughes, and Jack Hughes could go towards the end of the first 
round of the draft, uh, then he would be happy with uh, with selecting um, Jack. And it sounds like Jack would be happy to come and uh, be on his dad's team. Yeah, very good answer from Kent Hughes on that one. <laughs> uh, hopefully he doesn't have to deal with too many more questions like that. Uh, we also have some uh, audio from, uh, I guess, the consensus first overall guy in uh, Shane Wright. Uh, he'll be talking about uh, if he thinks it's important to be selected first overall. It is. It is really important to me. Um, I think that, you know, over the number of years and over my career, I think you know, my body of work has shown that I am the best player in this draft and that I you know deserve to be that number one overall pick. And, um, you know, I think that it's a personal thing for me as well. I'm a competitive guy. I want to win everything. And then and that includes, you know, going first overall and being, you know, the, the best player in this draft class. And um, I think that's, you know, where I deserve to go. So um, that's, that's a little different. Um, and when I first heard it, um, and if you hear it in isolation, you might be a little put off that it's kind of a cocky attitude. But if you, if you watch all of the, the media availabilities, all the interviews, uh, you'll quickly understand that um, Shane Wright is a mature guy. He's dialed in. He's focused. He's serious. Uh, very mature. Um, he he is a great leader on that uh, Frontenac team, and he's and he's poised. I mean, he, he got exceptional status to the OHL uh, at 15, and and he's a guy who um, has been through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of of, uh, interviews. And, you know, he's been the projected first round pick, uh, for the 2022 NHL entry draft, not this year, for years, for years. Uh, and so he's had to answer questions about this. And, and he looks at, as he said, he looks at this as just another competition that he wants to win. He wants to win the competition of being selected uh, first overall, and and uh, so so he sounds very confident about that. Yeah, really like that attitude. To be honest, it's not too often that uh, you hear guys say that they want that. It usually, I I feel like they dance around the question mm-hmm. a little bit. Oh, it doesn't matter too much. I get picked where I'm supposed to get picked. But uh, a lot of confidence from Shane Wright, and uh, you can tell that he has a little bit of a drive. So he'll be a really good NHLer. And we, we have one more quote from him on uh, whether or not he thinks that uh, the Canadians are a good fit for him. I do. I really do. I think just overall the organization is, is really trending in the right direction, obviously. You know, not, not a great year this past year, but you know, the year before that they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. So um, I think it just shows that there are a lot of good pieces there and there's you know, a really, you know, really strong foundation of the team. I mean, a uh, new coach in, in Martin St. Louis and uh, has really you know, taken over the, the young guys and really you know, pushed them to the next level. And um, I think that, you know, it's really exciting um, just to see where that organization is going right now. And, um, you know, if I'm lucky enough to be a part of it, and um, it, it'd be just a great opportunity for me. He's thought this through. He's thought about this. He's, he's, uh, he pays attention to what's going on in the NHL. He's thought about his place in the organization. Um, and he's comfortable with it. He, he sees him, himself as a, as a good fit for the, the Canadians. Um, now listen, we're not saying we're not saying by any means that uh, he's the only player out there. And and in the uh, second, uh, our our big topic, our, our second segment, we're going to talk about this being um, other players uh, in the draft have closed that gap. And uh, you know, there's Logan Cooley, there's uh, uh, Yuri Slokowski, there's David Juracek, there's uh, Simon Nemitz. Um, 
We'll, we'll talk about all of those. But um, if, if, well, the Central Scouting Bureau uh, had Shane Wright at the top of the North American uh, skaters list, and you'll see many of the rating ag- ranking agencies uh, that have him out there. Um, and with the Canadians having the first round pick, um, he's already kind of processed that, already kind of pictured himself uh, in the organization. And, and uh, I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I too have, uh, I guess, practiced my whole speech in accepting the first overall pick from the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens in the shower. Uh, but uh, no, no, Shane Wright, uh, I, I think he's going to be a great pick if he is selected first overall. And uh, Canadians fans have a lot to be excited about here. For sure. So moving on to hockey news and notes from around the league. It's been a bit of an NHL uh, coaching carousel uh, First off, uh, the New York Islanders fire head coach Barry Trotz. The Islanders put up 37 wins and missed the playoffs this past season. They had big expectations coming into this year. Uh, it was very disappointing. Uh, players like Matt Barzell really struggled, and uh, Barry Trotz is the one who, I guess, is taking uh, the hit for it. Barry Trotz, widely considered one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League. Uh, this was a shock for for many uh, in in uh, the NHL community, um, there was some difficulty with uh, the Rangers and getting through COVID and and uh, their scheduling and um, and it was just a difficult season overall for them. Uh, so they want to go in a new direction. It's not a surprise that uh, Lou Lamorello has his own way of doing things uh, and parts way with parts ways with, uh, as I said, widely considered one of the best coaches in, in the national hockey league. Now, right away, uh, we had Canadians fans jumping in and saying, bring Barry Trotz into the Canadians organization. Well, if you're going to bring him in as head coach, okay. Um, but Barry Trotz isn't going, Barry Trotz is a head coach. He still wants to be a head coach. Um, and you're not going to bring him in, as uh, an assistant GM necessarily and have him kind of uh, pass on his uh, wisdom to, um, you know, an inexperienced uh, guy like Martin St. Louis. Um, Stranger things have happened for sure. I just don't see Barry Trotz as wanting, as being ready to vacate uh, the bench as a head coach in the NHL. I think there's a lot of, other places, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, he's a Manitoban, um, being one, um, maybe Dallas. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But Canadians fans, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get your hopes up for this one. No, I, I agree with you there. I think uh, Barry Trotz is somebody that probably fits in much better with a team trying to make a playoff push uh, as opposed to a team that's uh, more in a rebuild. So keep your eyes on Barry Trotz going on to this offseason. I'm sure once the playoffs are over, we'll see a few more hirings and firings and vacancies and whatnot. So. And uh, in other uh, coaching news, Bruce Boudreaux will return to the Vancouver Canucks as a head coach for the 2022-23 season, but he did not receive an extension. Uh, Vancouver was fifth in the Pacific Division. They missed the playoffs. Uh, This is a team where I'm kind of confused as to how they view themselves. I don't know if they think they can win right now or if they think they're trying to rebuild. Um, Bruce took over the bench on December 5th uh, after they let go of uh, Travis Green, and uh, you saw right away Vancouver started to play a little bit better but then they kind of weaned off towards the end of the season. They came out of the gate just flying with a, a winning streak for Bruce Boudreau. Boudreau. Um, 
uh, he ended up uh, 50, coached 57 games, had a, a record of 32, 15, and 10, which is terrific um, for that Vancouver team. I think they were 11th or 12th um, since uh, in, in the league since um, uh, Boudreaux took over. Um, and it's fascinating. I know that, that uh, Canadians fans are are uh, screaming about why isn't Marty St. Louis, um, uh, why hasn't he got his three-year extension, his five-year extension, his whatever-year extension. Um, and, you know, Marty St. Louis has 37 games of coaching under his belt, and he didn't have a very good season at that with 14 wins and 23 losses. Um, so other teams do things a little bit differently, and... Um, uh, Boudreaux has been a coach for 30 years, has has coaching 30 years of a coaching experience and 57 games this last uh, season. And Jim Rutherford didn't think that was enough. He wants he wants to see uh, Boudreaux go at, through a full uh, campaign with Vancouver before he decides on a long term extension. Just uh, we bring this up because we're putting things into context for our Canadians community. Yeah, but uh, it's a bit of an odd front office there in Vancouver. And like mm-hmm. I said, I'm I'm not sure how they view themselves at this point. Um, Boudreaux, I think, is regarded as one of the better coaches uh, in the NHL. So I'm not sure why they would not extend him right away. Yeah, it's, so, it's curious. Very curious. Very and uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, we have, uh, I guess, a little bit of a Habs abroad update. Uh, some former Canadians that uh, were traded uh, this past season uh, have advanced to the second round. Uh, one of them being Arturi Lekanen. He scored two goals in four games for Colorado as Colorado uh, swept the pan- uh, sorry the Predators. Uh, that was a very entertaining series. Uh, Colorado with a bit of a last-minute comeback in Game 4 to seal the deal. And uh, you mentioned two goals in four games for Lekin, and one of those goals was on the power play. He's being used regularly on the power play, also the penalty kill. Uh, very valuable player uh, for uh, the Avalanche in their cup run. Yeah, he'll be a very big piece of that, uh, and uh, hopefully Colorado's able to make it pretty far. And uh, another uh, big piece here is uh, Ben Chirata with the Florida Panthers. Uh, Last night on Friday, the Panthers defeated Washington, uh, so they won their series in six games. Uh, Ben Chirata picked up one assist for Florida. At times, he's had some tough breaks, but uh, overall, I I think he'll be a nice uh, piece going forward uh, for Florida on the defense corps. He, he was brought in, um, you know, the the Florida Panthers could outscore folks, but uh, on, on the defense and goaltending, there are some question marks. Uh, and and we see Ben Sherratt, not the way he was playing for the Canadians in their uh, Stanley Cup final run, playing, you know, 23, 24 minutes a game. He's playing 17 and a half minutes a game, which is great, uh, as this is, a, this is a long slog. Uh, he... He leads uh, the uh, the defense in block shots. It leads the Florida Panthers in block shots, and he's playing a pretty physical game. And that's exactly what they got him for, um, and and to solidify that uh, uh, that defense. Uh, I, I have to say um, that uh, Claude Giroux has been unbelievable. Um, involved in th- three important goals uh, last night in the ousting of of the Capitals. And uh, I saw my good friend Jordan Hall uh, put up uh, today that since uh, since the trade from Philadelphia to uh, 
uh, to Florida that Claude Drew has put up 30 points in 24 games. Uh, he's been, what a, what a deadline uh, trade for Florida bringing in Claude Giroux. Yeah, Giroux has become one of my favorite players to watch in the last couple of months here. Uh, his personality off the ice has really been on full display as well. So uh, good for uh, Giroux, a nice uh, Ottawa boy uh, where I'm from. So uh, <laughs> hopefully uh, he gets a big uh, chance to win a cup this year. Absolutely. Yep, and uh, I believe that will be all for our first segment here. Uh, coming up, we'll hear I'm, from I'm our... just going to oh. add a couple more things. Uh, sure. Uh, just when, while we're talking about the playoffs, um, a, a couple of things. One thing last night that was incredible, I thought was incredible, What well, didn't happen on the ice, um, but at the Rangers game, um, it, it was uh, on the bench, Mika Zabinijad, uh, who you know uh, from yep. uh, the Senators, <laughs> Uh, sitting beside Chris Kreider, who, as you know, he should have been a Montreal Canadian. Um, as Benajad had missed uh, um, a uh, a breakaway uh, uh, coming out of the box, sat down on the bench beside uh, his linemate Chris Kreider, and right away, as we've seen Nick Suzuki do a million times, go grab the the tablet and uh, and look to see what he did wrong. Chris Kreider put, yanked it out of his hand took the tablet, smashed it on the, the ground behind the bench as if to say, you know, the game's played on the ice. Um, and and Zabinijad just looked at him and, uh, and just uh, took a drink of water and was like, okay, yeah, oh, okay. Um, and and they had a tr- the two of them had a terrific game together. Um, I thought that was absolutely a brilliant moment. Yeah, you see quite often a lot of younger players, the first thing they do when they get to the bench or after the game is they grab that iPad and they want to re-watch everything that they did. Uh, so it's nice to see, uh, I guess, a good veteran there and Chris Kreider, who, uh, by the way, could have played for Montreal, uh, step up and uh, help out a nice young uh, Mika Zibanejad and uh, get his <laughs> mind off of the iPad. Exactly. Uh, and the other thing I'm just going to mention, and this, is, this goes back, uh, this is playoff, History. It is March 14th as we record, and 35 years ago, um, it was back in 1987. Um, there, w- it, it w- it's the 35th anniversary of um, of a brawl that took place at the Montreal Forum, May 14th, 1987. Um, it was Game Six, the uh, Wales con- Conference Final between the Philadelphia Flyers and the Montreal Canadiens. And kind of a footnote is that the the Flyers beat the Canadiens in that game 4-3 and they advanced to the Stanley Cup final. But the headline, it happened before the game even started. Uh, there was a huge pregame brawl. And uh, and and if you go to YouTube, you'll 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 find it. That's May 14th, 1987. The 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 deal was that Claude Lemieux uh, in the pregame warm-up, had a kind of a routine um, where he would, at the end of the, he would stay on the ice after, he was the last person off on warm-ups, and um, he would fire the puck into the opponent's net uh, and then head off. And, uh, and it became a bit of a superstition. Uh, and the Flyers at that time had their had some tough customers, as you can imagine, but had a couple of hothead goaltenders in Ron Hextall and Chico Resch. Um, and in game four, Chico Resch uh, t- took the net at the end of warm-ups, turned it around, and pushed it up against the boards. And Claude Lemieux didn't stop him. He went and got it, 
fired his puck, had that. So in game six, um, this was getting testy. This was getting where it could explode into something. And um, Bob Gainey went to Claude Lemieux and said, you know what? You know your little pregame ritual? Uh, just hold on that. Don't just, just leave the ice after warm-ups. Stand by the curtain. Curtains, you know, as the exits, um, the uh, Montreal Forum had curtains. Just stand behind the curtain. Get the usher to tell you when all the flyers are off the ice. Then you can go back on the ice and do your little thing. Do your... And so Claude Lemieux said, okay, we'll, I'll do that. So he and Shane Corson went, hid behind the curtain, wait for everybody off, asked the usher. Ushers, yeah, nobody on the ice. Okay, they go on <laughs> to put the puck in the net. Chico Resch on the other side and uh, Ed Hospodar. They're on the other side behind the curtain watching and waiting for this to happen. Uh, Chico Resch just bolts uh, onto the ice, fires his stick at the puck trying to disturb it. Didn't happen. Claude Lemieux, he skated right up, deposited the puck in the net. Ed Hospodar just came up to him and just started wailing on him, throwing punches at Lemieux. The teams are all in there in, in the dressing room. And uh, the trainer runs in and yells in the Canadian's dressing room, uh, you better get on the ice. The, the dressing room's empty. Flyers on the, on the ice. Uh, Canadians on the ice. And some guys don't have skates on. Uh, they, they just have the, the flip-flops. Um, Dave Brown, um, he had taken his, his jersey off. And, uh, and his equipment, he, was, he just had the pants with the suspenders, bare-chested. He was out there fighting Chris Nyland. Uh, Larry Robinson was in it. Uh, it was, uh, Mike Keenan was coach of the Flyers, so you know what kind of team they had. It was an enormous um, pregame brawl that went on for 15 minutes. There was no officials on the ice. Um, they were in there at the officiating room, and, and after 10 minutes, they came out and, uh, to break it up. But... Uh, mayhem, an absolute uh, brawl. Um, 35 years ago today um, at the Montreal Forum. It's amazing how far the game has come since then. I can't <laughs> imagine that uh, happening today, and uh, I appreciate uh, the tip on that. I'll have some nice YouTube viewing for uh, the rest of my day here. And uh, I guess speaking of a brawl between uh, the Canadians and the Flyers, I, I believe Amy Johnson's about to step in for the big topic segment in segment two. Uh, and uh, we'll have our special guest, uh, Jerome Barube, uh, the director of scouting uh, for Hockey Prospects. And he'll join the show to discuss uh, Montreal's drafting options at number one. Stay with us. You are listening to Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Are you looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. So glad that you are with us here today. Uh, that's right. Thanks to Michael Spinella. He was uh, with Rick in the studio for segment one. He's going to be back in the next segment, in segment three. But uh, he was kind enough to let me take over the co-hosting chair for this segment uh, because we've got a great interview coming up here in just one moment. Uh, just want to remind you again, my name is Amy Johnson, your host for this segment, along with uh, my co-host and, and the host of the show, Rick Stevens. And uh, don't forget forget to subscribe to the show visit canadiansconnection.fm to subscribe and of course always send us your comments on the rocket sports text line at 5853 rocket but as promised rick uh, we've got a great guest in the studio today a returning guest a longtime friend old friend yeah a longtime friend both both on the show both from the website and just in life and that would be the one and only Jerome Barube, the director of scouting for HockeyProspect.com. Jerome, it's great to have you back on the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, having me on again. <laughs> well, we uh, we know uh, we're glad to have you here. You're always a, a tremendous resource to talk to. You've got so much insight about the prospects leading up to the draft. Uh, but we also know that we need to give you a big thank you for taking some time out of your schedule today to come on the show and, and talk to listeners about the draft because this is a this is a pretty busy time for you and, and all the folks at Hockey Prospect as you're putting the finishing touches on, on your annual Black Book. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, so basically uh, every year for the for last three, three months before the draft, it's, uh, it's our most uh, busy time of the year. We do... Uh, Lots of writing, uh, work on our rankings, and we keep like still watching some games. There's some, still some uh, good games happening uh, in CHL playoff. You got, you got also the, uh, the World Championship in Finland, so we're pretty busy. Well, it's uh, certainly one of the most uh, respected uh, publications out there on hockey prospects, mm-hmm. uh, and in leading up to the draft, it's... Uh, the Black Book is something that's uh, on my shelf, on my shelf physically, in the older versions, but uh, in PDF more recently. And I'll be um, subscribing to the uh, to the new edition when it's when it's out, um, just before the draft in June. Um, so we're here uh, with the Canadians, the Montreal Canadiens, winning the draft lottery and earning the right to select first overall. Uh, we thought it was a be a perfect opportunity to get you back uh, and maybe have a look at uh, that grouping of prospects uh, at at the at the top because uh, the Canadians, I mean, they have many needs uh, <laughs> and they'll have uh, their choice of uh, who they consider the best player available. Yes, well, we can start with uh, probably the most popular person in Montreal this week, uh, Shane Wright. <laughs> Shane Wright. Uh, Just a little yeah. popular. Yeah. Um, and the draft is only two months away. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, Shane is having, like, it's, it was a bit, he had a, a bit of a slow start um, this season, but um, 
Um, his production has really improved in the second half of the season. Um, he's a bit in a tough situation with, you know, not playing last year. Um, it does affect him. Um, I don't know if it affects him more than other players. Like other players didn't seem to really be affected, um, but I think every every case is different. Um, so his slow start was a bit. Um, I don't want to say concerning, but you know, kind of expect a bit more. But it was, we you know, glad to see him improve in the second half. Um, there's some still some you know question mark with him, but at the end of the day, he's. Um, he can score, like he scored 39 goals as a 15 years old, two years ago. Um, score, I believe, 32, this, 32 goals this uh, season. Uh, pretty good playmaker too, so he can hurt you with his shot, his, his passes. Um, and he plays a lot on Kingston. He plays, you know, usually 22, 23 minutes a night, if not more. Um, I know in playoff, there's some games he plays 27, 28 minutes. So, you know, he's, he's the kind of player you can play anywhere on, um, you know, power play, PK, your top line. So, um, so yeah, uh, he's a, obviously a pretty good player. So he's the, um, the premier player, um, let's say, in, in the OHL, as you said, the Kingston Frontenacs. Uh, one of the things that's um, always touted about him is his 200-foot game. So, as you said, uh, 94 points in 63 games, so the offense is there. But can you talk about the other side of, of his game? Yeah, he's, uh, you, you can see, even when he was 50, you could see that he, his understanding of the game away from the puck was pretty uh, superior to a lot of players of his age group. Uh, even even player old, older than than him, so you know I don't I really hate that <laughs> Patrice Bergeron uh, right. mm-hmm. comparable. I like it's not fair to like Shane Wright. You just Mm-mm. you're it's like uh, you know I hate just as much as when you know Sidney Crosby came in the league and they say, "Well, he's the next Wayne Gretzky." Like <laughs> you're not you're you're putting way too much pressure on a player, and you know the reality is. Shane Wright is kind of like far from being a Patrice Bergeron. He's a, he has a lot of things to improve. Um, so, you know, that Bergeron type of player or, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, um, Sean Couturier, they all like, they all like are very smart, but also very high compete player. So I think Shane this year is something uh, he's going to need to improve is be more, you know, play with a higher pace, play with um, more intensity. Uh, it's, you know, something we noticed this year lacking a bit. Um, so, and also he plays a lot in Kingston. So, you know, maybe the energy level is not as high. If he, Pacing himself. He, yeah. So, it's, uh, there's some question marks, obviously, um, with every prospect, I don't care if you're number one or number ten or number twenty. Everyone has question mark. N- nobody is like a perfect prospect going in the draft. So um, we we should say that that in talking about these at the top of the uh, draft, uh, there there are no particular order here. Um, and uh, um, where should we go? We go Logan Cooley next. 
Yeah. Um, very exciting player. Um, you know, if you, you know, Shane Wright, it's <laughs> uh, probably not the most exciting prospect to watch. Uh, Lugan Cooley is like the opposite of this. Very, ex- <laughs> very exciting player to watch. Very good skater. Uh, very, um, uh, very flashy one on one. He's got really good hands. Um, um, play on the on the team with a lot of good players around him. Um, you know, the I was watching the their team at the U18, and they had like three great line. Like their third line was as good as any other line in the mm-hmm. tournament. So, a um, lot of lot of help, but sometimes it it can hide some some uh, flaw in some players when you're surrounded by a ton of good players. Um, but Logan has been pretty good. Um, so he played, well, the World Junior, he played, you know, two games before he got canceled, but I thought he played pretty well. He actually played with, uh, you know, on the line with Matthew Nice there, and I thought he did really well. Um, and it's funny, he came back in the USHL after, and he struggled a bit after. Um, he was trying a lot of, uh, you know, he was kind of like testing his skill level a bit. Um, a bit like Trevor Zegers did in his draft year. Mm. Uh, trying new stuff, new new move. Uh, you know, a lot of like no-look backhand pass. <laughs> that at some point I was like, okay, enough of this. <laughs> a little too <laughs> I, fancy. Yeah, there was like five, six, seven like pass like this every game for a period, a period of time. But it's okay. I think it's okay for them to try things out. Uh, Ken Johnson did this last year at Michigan. Um so um, it's okay. And then um, at the U18, yeah, there was like none of that. He was, you know, he played more like a, a pro hockey player at the, at the tournament. So um, it's okay to test, test it out. You know, like I said, Zegers did this in his draft year. Ken Johnson did it last year. So I don't mind it. Just sometimes it, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of uh, from, a lot, a lot of like uh, past that were not working for him. That he tried it every game, every game. So I was, it was starting to get a bit annoying. But um, <laughs> but at the end, it's it's fine. Like it's okay. You, you, it's good for players to like test, you know, what works and what doesn't work for them. But he's played a lot of hockey too. You mentioned the World Juniors, the the U18s played on the U.S. development team and part of it in uh, USHL. So. Um, and, and next year, we have, uh, if he's not part of the NHL, he'll be, he's committed to the University of Minnesota, good program there as well. Yeah, they have, they're going to have a really good team uh, next year. They have a lot of guys that they thought they might lose, like Matthew Nice is one. Um, I believe Ryan Johnson has not made a decision yet to leave. So I think Minnesota, Minnesota really wants to go you know, to win the NCAA next year. So um, should be a pretty fun team to watch next year. All right, um, let's go to David uh, Yurishek, uh, uh from Czechia. Yeah, um, so uh, he, uh, speaking of the World Junior, he only played one game at, at the event, and then he got hurt. He played one period, basically. Mm. Um, got hurt against Canada, hurt his knee. So he just, he just came back about uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Um, so... And he has looked pretty good since coming back. So no real effect of his injury, you know. So that's a really good 
good thing. Uh, and, he's playing really well. And we should say, just, just before we get too deep into this, that he's a defenseman, uh, the, the last two uh, forward, yeah, yeah. Uh, last two centers uh, that we had Yeah, he's a, he's a big right defenseman. Um, very offensive-minded defenseman, but also plays a pretty physical style of game. Um, he's playing, he plays, so compared to Shane Wright, compared to Logan Cooley, he's playing against men all year. Mm-hmm. So he's playing in the, in the top Czech League, and now he's playing uh, with the national team, and he's going to play at the World Championship starting uh, tomorrow. So um, uh, very, very fun player to watch. Um, and um, as far as like defenseman goes, he's probably one of, one of the defensemen who has like the, the best offensive upside for the from the back end. Um, and how about power wingers? Do we have any power wingers? Uh, we have uh, Juraj Slavkowski from Slovakia, uh, who played in Finland this year. Um, obviously, uh, in the top league him. in Finland, right? Uh, yeah, for the most part, he had some games in the, on the junior team at the beginning of the year, but for the most part, he's been playing in the, uh, in the top league in Finland. Uh, a very defensive type of team, so you know his stats don't look uh, too impressive, um, but his team is very, uh, you know, they look like the 1995 New, New Jersey Devils. Um, <laughs> so they're very, <laughs> they're very defensive, not, not a lot of um, creativity on, on the ice. Uh, for that team, so but you know when you watch him play internationally with you know better line mates, you know he's, he does much better offensively. So um, um, big fan. Uh, he's a power forward. He can score. He can also uh, be a good playmaker too. Um, you know six foot four, two twenty, uh, skates. You know pretty well for that size at that age, and it's it's going to keep improving over the next, you know, two, three years as he still gets stronger. His skating is going to, you know, get better uh, still. Um, so he's, he's, a, he's a fun one to watch um, and, and um, for the draft. Now, this is a pretty good year for Slovakia, Slovakia prospects. And uh, another one, this time, I would go back to a defenseman here. Yeah, Simon Nemec. Uh, so Eamon Slovakia has been, have been, you know, somewhat of the, the talk of Slovakia hockey for the past two, three years. Uh, first time we saw Nemec, he was 15 years old, playing for Slovakia at the Elinka tournament. So that's like a good two, year, two years from two years ago. So um, he, uh, unlike uh, Slavkovsky, stayed in Slovakia. Um, he, he played uh, against men this year for the second straight year. Um, very s- smart defender. Um, very good passer, one one of the best passer in the draft, I would say. Um, unlike, let's say Yerichek, he's not a he doesn't have like a, the huge uh, shot from the point. So that's something uh, I want. I would like to see him improve, get the uh, improve his shot from the point. Uh, but he creates a lot of offense with his vision and his passing abilities. Um, he's a good skater too. Uh, physically, you can see he's not you know. Uh, yeah, it's not like it, it is peak yet, so you can see skating could like get a bit better as he gets stronger. Uh, we we already saw a, like a, a good difference with his skating from you know September to February. There was like a, a pretty good difference. 
So there's a, the improvement is there for him. So, uh, and um, yeah, he's a he's a he's a really good defenseman. He's playing for uh, Slovakia at the World Championship right now. So um, he's a, an interesting one uh, for the draft. For the, you know, the top. And does it Five, top 10. does it mean uh, anything to to you guys that he finished so strong uh, playing for Nitra? He had a really good, uh, well, his offensive output in in the playoffs for Nitra was uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. You always like to see players step up come playoff time. It's not um, you can just not. So you have to. It's always an overall picture, but. Um, Playoff hockey is very important, and we do put a lot of. Uh, it's very important for us when we do our rankings. Sometimes, if we have guys uh, in the same range, uh, we'll we'll look at you know maybe who projects more as a playoff performer because you know nobody cares about what you do in October or November. You know, right? You you the goal is to win the Stanley Cup, so you you want guys that you know, project as good playoff performer. So that can be like a, a little extra extra point a, a player can get for a rankings. So th- that was a great um, uh, overview of the choices uh, that uh, are, and, um, and not only those, but but those are the, the names that uh, we're hearing. The choices available for Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, the Montreal Canadiens. Ask you to go out on a limb, I... I honestly, I don't expect you to answer this, but is there a player who fits best uh, with uh, the Montreal Canadiens? Well, if I was uh, if I was in charge, <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> I will. My philosophy will always be best player, best talent, and you you take care of the rest. If you're picking first, that means you have probably other plenty of holes to fill in your lineup, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. right. So you just go with the best player, the number one guy on your list. Obviously, if it get close uh, with with players, you can. You I always like to give more value to defensemen and and center, uh, mm-hmm. but sometimes it sometimes it doesn't matter. The winger is just that better. Uh, but if it's close, I try to like the middle line is really important for an NHL team. Best example, we just saw it this week. Uh, Sidney Crosby went down mm-hmm. uh, for Pittsburgh, and as soon as he went down, Pittsburgh collapsed. Yeah. Um, so the center line is really important, and obviously the center line and the defenseman. So fascinating look at, at all of the, the options available uh, and the top options available for, for the Canadians with that first overall pick. But of course, uh, people can't help but to also speculate the other what-ifs. Meaning, uh, and and Kent Hughes was even asked about it on Tuesday night immediately after the draft, would you trade away the first overall pick? Uh, and, and he said, you know, l- listen, hey, I'll, I'll entertain any offers, uh, but he says he's pretty firm in, in not trading away that pick. Well, uh, sure enough... There's lots of speculation out there. I'm gonna uh, Rick's gonna play here uh, an audio clip on the 32 Thoughts podcast this week. Jeff Merrick wanted to kind of uh, instigate things with his co-host Elliot Friedman a little bit and uh, had an interesting proposition that he wanted Elliot's reaction on. We're gonna play this for you, Jerome, and then we'd like to get your reaction to what Jeff Merrick proposes. If you're the Montreal Canadiens, and I know you're hosting the draft, 
Um, I know it's in your backyard and you got the first pick and it's great. And a lot of this is show business. And I understand all that. If the Arizona Coyotes come to you and say, we will give you our number three overall pick and our first rounder next season in exchange for the first overall pick, what do you say? And the first overall pick next season? We will give you this year's third and next year's first. Now, it's not a guarantee that's going to be first overall. Oh, my God. You can't do. You can't even do that if you're Arizona. <laughs> In exchange for... You can't do that if you're the Coyotes. You can't do that. You're going to get a third and an extra shot at Connor Bedard. Yeah, if you're the Coyotes, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't even do that. If I'm Montreal, I do it. If I'm Arizona, I don't even think that offer gets made. No chance. We'll put that to the court of public opinion. And by that, I mean Twitter. Yeah. Uh, if you disagree with Elliot, please feel free to tweet him. He loves getting tweeted. Arizona can't make that offer. Not a chance. So, Jerome, uh, you heard Elliot was pretty emphatic about it, that, that, if you, that he says if he were Montreal, yes, he would do it, but that he doesn't even think an offer like that would get made because it would be completely off the table and crazy for Arizona. What, what's your reaction to a proposal like that? Uh, if I'm Montreal, I just take it and, and run with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one nothing, Elliot. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> no, I mean, I think Elliot said it right. Um, I don't think this software gets even offer. Uh, and, and yeah, if Montreal, uh, obviously you take it, you get probably two chance to win the lottery next year with Connor Bedard. So... Um, you, yeah, you definitely do it, but I, I don't think this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun to think about. Obviously. <laughs> so it's also fun to think about uh, the Canadians uh, beyond their first, beyond the, their uh, first overall pick. Uh, they have another first round pick. We don't know where that's going to end up yet. It's coming from Calgary. Uh, so it's going to be late in the first round. And they will have a second, uh, a, a second round pick uh, right at the top of the second round. Uh, so they'll have two opportunities to select some pretty good players as we get to, towards the end of the first round. And, and we thought it would be, uh, while we have you here, uh, it's something we talked about a little bit last time uh, you were on the show. But uh, if we can take another look at that and maybe update the, the list that you gave us last time. Yeah, um, I believe last uh, last time my list I had three players. So um, one was Elias Salomonsen, uh, defenseman from Sweden. Right. Um, I believe. Mm, I mean, it's always you, know, you never know, but I'm I'm guessing he's, he could be there when the Calgary pick comes in. Right. Uh, so he had uh, like last time I said he had a pretty good second half. Didn't really have like a, a strong U18, but also didn't really get, you know, quality ice time from his coach uh, there. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I, I really think he's he's going to be a good defenseman down the road. Um, uh, the other guy was Jamie Snagarud. Uh I don't think uh, I like his chance to be there when the Calgary pick comes in. <laughs> I think he's going to be gone. Uh, Top twenty in a draft, but you were you, know, you were pretty he, vocally uh, high on him last time that uh, when when you were here and and uh, uh, you think that his stock is is up there so that if Canadians want him they might have to use one of their other picks to to, to trade up. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he doesn't go in the, in the top twenty. 
Um, the the main, I guess, weakness of him was his skating. But if you look at his skating from the beginning of the year to now, like it's it has improved a lot. So he's going in the right direction as far as like improving his skating. Uh, like uh, like Logan Cooley, he's going to Minnesota next year. So and, um, so pretty solid player, but I don't think he's there for for Montreal. Uh, and the other guy was uh, a Russian for Viktor Nuchev, uh, a bit underrated. Nobody really talks about him, but we really uh, we really like his game, uh, and I can guarantee for one hundred percent that he's <laughs> going to be there when the Calgary pick comes in. Obviously, I think the, a lot of Russians will, will drop in the draft because right. of, the, of uh, the war in, in U- Ukraine. So I, nobody really knows what's going to happen with the Russian prospect, but I think everyone kind of agreed that most of them will, will drop. So, um, Well, we saw the last regime of the Montreal Canadiens when they wanted a particular Russian. Uh, they, they took him well in advance, Romanov. Uh, of where he was expected to to go, so we'll see if that yeah. happens again. Yeah, um, and also I can mention a couple, a few other guys that might be a potential pick uh, that I like um, for Montreal. Well, the Calgary pick and maybe even their first uh, pick in the second round. Um, so Yeri Kulich is a forward from Czechia who was uh, the MVP of the U18. Um, I don't. I feel. I feel like he might, he might go before the Calgary pick. I mean, I don't even know when the Calgary pick is going to be. <laughs> right. But I'm guessing the range. I'm guessing he's going to go higher than, than this. But if he's there, he'd be a, a great uh, pick for the for the Canes. Uh, really good skater. Uh, can works really hard and uh, has a hell of a shot too. So. Um, and he's also play against men all, all year long in, in the Czech Air League. So um, another guy, Marco Kasper. Um, also another guy that played against men all year in the SHL. Um, very similar player to uh, Coolidge as far as like uh, work ethic, uh, skating. Uh, he's not as good as a shooter than. And Kudich, that's the big difference between the two of them. But he's a he's a pretty safe prospect as far as like uh, playing in the NHL. I think he's uh, he's probably gonna end up being a, a third third line type player. Um, but if you get him with your late first or early second round pick, I don't think there's anything wrong with that pick. Um, I also have uh, and and he's Liam. an he's an Austrian that played in yeah. uh, Sweden last year. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's also Liam Biskel. He's a Swiss defenseman that, that played in ACHL this year. Uh, he's one of my favorite players to watch in the old draft. Um, <laughs> he's uh, six foot five. Uh, he's a monster, <laughs> and he skates really well. And he's really, really physical. Like I think he's the most physical player in the draft. Mm. Um, and I think you look at him as a shutdown type of defenseman. Um, that can probably play on a second pairing. Um, very impressive the way he played this year with uh, Laxon. So he played with Emil Lineman, mm. just to give you an idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, really fun player to watch. Like, don't really see many 17 years old play that 
physical against men in their draft year, but um, very impressive player. And uh, the last one I'll give you is Sam Rinzel. He's an American defenseman, right, right defenseman. So he finished the year with Waterloo in the USHL, but played mostly uh, high school hockey during the year. Um, funny enough, he's another guy who's going to Minnesota. Put uh, <laughs> on Minnesota. Yeah, I don't think he's playing at Minnesota next year. I think he's gonna play next extra year in the USHL. But okay. uh, he's really raw. But he's six foot five, I believe. Uh, really good skater. Really good hands. But obviously, he's a he's a very long term type, you know, project pick. But um, I like what I, I I've seen of him, in, mostly in the USHL. High school hockey, uh, it's really. <laughs> It's really hard to really get a good Project, read. Yeah. yeah. But um, he's been pretty good in the USHL. Um, and, uh, and um, you know, anytime you have a six foot five defenseman that can skate and has good hands, it's usually uh, they don't, they don't, uh, they go pretty early in the draft. Yeah. They don't, they don't, uh, don't, last they don't wait too long. Yep. Yeah. Not at all. So, you know, you uh, and all of the folks, Mark Edwards, all of you at, at Hockey Prospects, you spend hundreds and hundreds of hours throughout the year uh, watching these prospects, learning about them, scouting them, writing up your reports and filings on them. But for the average uh, NHL fan, they probably don't always get uh, nowhere, anywhere near that amount of time watching prospects actually get to play. But now that it's, you know, we're coming into that two months before the draft, Habs fans might now, uh, particularly with uh, Montreal not playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, have some time to start paying attention to some of these potential draft picks uh, in the next uh, few weeks uh, leading up to the draft. Which of these draft eligibles, particularly some of the more uh, top prospects, um, are currently are, are going to be playing at the IIHF World Championships in Helsinki this week? Yeah, so Slovakia are uh, have three players. They have uh, Yuri Slavkovsky, they have Simon Nemesh. They also have uh, Adam Sikora, who's a um, pesky, fast, hardworking <laughs> forward. Uh, really fun to watch. So I don't know how much ice time is he really going to get, but he's on the roster. Um, you have David Yerichek for Czechia. And you have uh, Marco Casper for um, Austria. Austria. So yeah, great. So I think that's that's all. That's uh, three, four. Yeah, that's the five. Okay. The, the five players. And and four of those five, you've already you you've talked extensively about uh, just yeah. today in the segments. So that's that's a tremendous opportunity for fans to to get to watch these guys um, play in in international tournament play and kind of get an early look at them before the draft. Um, well, we know, as we said at the top of the segment, Jerome, we know it's a busy time as, as you guys are counting down and whittling away at putting the, the finishing touches on the Hockey Prospect Black Book prior to the draft. Uh, when it becomes available, uh, around when will it be available, and how can people get it when it is available uh, so that they can read up and get informed on all of the uh, prospects that are available in the draft this year? Yeah, so we don't really have like a exact date but usually um, I would say in the range of June 15 June 20 will okay. be will be my guess uh, and you can get it at obviously hockeyprospect.com uh, we 
sell the, the PDF version on, on our website. And uh, we have like phys physical copy on Amazon. Uh, so either Amazon Canada or Amazon US. Perfect. And we'll be sure once once publication comes out, we'll be sure to um, share with all of our listeners and our readers at All Habs and so forth uh, where they can go to get that. Uh, as Rick said, it's a it is the kind of Bible for uh, the Rocket Sports crew. That's yeah. for sure. Um, and you, I'll be getting mine. Uh, you guys do tremendous work uh, with in very intelligent. Uh, scouting and reporting um, and, and a great look at the prospects. We really appreciate all the work you guys do all year round. Um, and Jerome, thank you so much. It's it's just tremendous to get to talk to you again. You are We could pick your brain probably for hours um, about, <laughs> about prospects and you'd have uh, a never-ending supply of information. So thanks so much for taking some time out of your day today to join us here on the Canadians Connection. We look forward to having you back again soon. Thank you. Uh, Rick, you know it's we we are always so happy to have Jerome on the show. Uh, we've known uh, we've known Jerome for over a decade, and uh, he's he's uh, he's a great guy, uh, terrific scout, uh, just a great hockey mind when it comes to uh, prospects and and evaluating hockey talent. So we thank him again for coming on. Uh, be sure to uh, check out their work at hockeyprospect.com. And uh, thanks to you for allowing me to uh, come in to talk to Jerome with you. I'm gonna now uh, take a take a take a back seat, I guess, and and let Michael Spinella come back in for uh, the co-hosting duties in the third segment. And you two have a lot to to talk about with our listeners in the third segment. So don't go anywhere. Uh, they will be back in just a moment, just after these brief messages. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. 
Welcome back to episode 191 of Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. Feel free to text us anytime on our 24-hour Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET. And I'm Michael Spinella, not Amy Johnson. Amy's stepped out, and uh, Rick, how are you doing? Welcome back to segment three. Thank you. Uh, I'm doing pretty well. What a great show so far. Yeah, lots of interesting uh, things to discuss here. Lots of, uh, I guess, headlines uh, coming after the to whole uh, draft lottery with Montreal getting that first overall pick. And, uh, and fans what, should be pretty excited. What amazing insight by Jerome Berube. We're happy to have him. It's a busy, busy time, obviously, uh, for, uh, for those folks. But uh, happy to have him share uh, his wealth of knowledge with uh, our fans. Of course, and uh, looking forward to everybody uh, hearing uh, that uh, segment and uh, providing us with uh, their thoughts and feedback on that. Mm -hmm. So starting off here in uh, segment three, I'll get you all up to date on the content available at allhabs.net. So starting off, we have uh, the Habs notepad. Uh, Chris G puts that out every Monday, all things Montreal Canadiens. So he'll get you all set up with all the latest news. Also, keep an eye on our Habs headlines. Uh, as things come up, uh, you will see things pop up on the website in regards to all the latest Habs news stories. We, we know you're busy, uh, especially in the off season and in the summer. We, we know you're busy. And, and so we try to put together both uh, the notepad and Habs headlines are um, uh, capsules of all the news that uh, you need to know in kind of a short digestible form. And and, uh, so you can read, uh, stay up to date and get on with your day. And for those uh, who uh, would prefer something more in like a video format as opposed to reading, because, you know, who likes reading words? That's not always the greatest way to do it. You can head over to YouTube, check out the Habs Hockey Report at uh, our All Habs YouTube channel. Amy Johnson, who you heard in segment two, she releases videos on YouTube every Thursday. Get all your Habs news updates and interact. Please leave comments. She'll answer all of them. She might even read it on an upcoming episode. You can uh, also tweet at Amy or at us, and uh, we will uh, answer all those questions on the Habs Hockey Report. This latest episode uh, was entitled Montreal Canadiens Win the Draft Lottery, and uh, she also gives us uh, an update on the Laval Rocket. YouTube.com slash allhabs. That's where you find it. YouTube.com slash allhabs. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Best Habs account on YouTube, bar none, particularly now with uh, the Habs Hockey Report. Um, You see fan accounts come and go on, on YouTube, um, and, uh, and whether it's for their, they, they don't put any content over the summer or, uh, they get tired of, of, uh, coming up with new ideas, not our account, not, uh, Amy Johnson with the Habs hockey report. Uh, the other difference is, uh, it's not a fan account. Uh, Amy Johnson is a, a credentialed journalist. Um, she went to school, she got a degree in, 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 in it. Uh, she's, uh, spent years, uh, as a reporter for, for PBS and then has uh, 12 years uh, as a sports reporter under her belt. So if she says it, I mean, that's what people say about All Habs Hockey Magazine, the place you can trust. Uh, so if Amy say, says it, you can trust uh, her. Uh, so make sure that you go uh, find the, the latest Habs Hockey Report out every Thursday and, uh, and, and also share it. Uh, make sure that you share it, like it, uh, subscribe, uh, and that'll help us out a lot. 
Yep. And I'll, I'll say it again. Make sure you subscribe and hit that notification bell if you want to make sure that you don't miss a single episode. Also, if uh, you're looking for some Laval Rocket and AHL content, the Press Zone, it comes out every Tuesday. Um, you're, that's your premier source for all things Habs Prospects and Laval Rocket. We'll give you extensive inside coverage on that. And this upcoming week, uh, we'll give you all an update on the Calder Cup playoffs. Patrick Williams, the AHL guru, is going to help out uh, with the AHL hot stove. We have two major podcasts uh, with Rocket Sports, the Canadians Connection that you're listening to now. Um, and uh, we've been doing uh, this podcast for a long time. Uh, and our sister podcast, The Press Zone. The Press Zone focuses on prospects. Doesn't matter where they are, where those, if those prospects, Canadians prospects, are, are in Europe, they're in the NCAA, they're in uh, the CHL or uh, they're part of the Laval Rocket, um, we're going to be talking about them. So you want to be sure to subscribe to the Canadians Connection. You want to be sure to subscribe to the Press Zone. And I will highlight uh, Canadians Connection. Even though the season's over, we're not going to be over. We'll be here every Saturday throughout the entire summer, and we'll give you all the latest updates, and we'll go through all the most interesting topics that we have at our disposal. It'll be uh, Rick will be here. I'll be around and uh, we'll uh, sprinkle in maybe some Christian and Amy Johnson too. For sure. Uh, it's uh, as, as you've seen the last, this episode and the, and the one last week, pretty chock full with news. So you don't want to miss anything. So that will bring us to our Canadians connection question of the week. Uh, you can go on to our All Habs Facebook page just by searching All Habs and give us your answer. Who should Montreal draft first overall? Is it Shane Wright? Is it Logan Cooley? Simon Nemitz? Um, do you want the Canadians to take uh, the, the, a center who can, he can be uh, their number one or uh, 1B uh, center? Do you want them to take a power winger? Do you want them to have a first pairing defenseman? Uh, tell us. We really want to hear from you. Yep, and uh, because this joke is never going to get old, I hope they make the right pick. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, so we have some, uh, import, I guess, some somewhat important dates uh, coming up for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, like I mentioned before, their season is over, but uh, the Canadiens, as in Team Canada, is competing at the IIHF World Championships. Uh, Josh Anderson and uh, some other uh, Habs players are competing in that. Anderson on Team Canada. So tune in on the 15th to see Canada versus Italy. You can tune on on the 16th of May to see Canada versus Slovakia. And you can also tune in on the 19th for Canada versus Kazakhstan. Uh, I don't think it's going to be, it doesn't seem like that's any big competition, but uh, they should all still be really fun games. You never know what's going to happen in this particular tournament. Well, particularly Slovakia, because remember, uh, Slovakia is pretty strong in the top 10 of of, Slovakia. this draft and and maybe you haven't seen um, uh, you haven't had a chance to see Yuri Slavkovsky, uh, and so you want to be tuning into that game. Of course, and our next uh, Canadians Connection episode will be coming out next Saturday, May the twenty first. Thank you all for listening. That will be a wrap on this episode. Make sure to subscribe to the Canadians Connection in the player or on your favorite podcast. Share it on social media if you liked what you heard today. You can also leave a five-star review on most platforms. Enjoy your week. We'll be back here on May the 21st for another great episode of Canadians Connection. Thank you for listening to Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. 
Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.